0: Oh, never mind. He's good then.
1: Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. And again, we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team since 2018. In Pennsylvania and Delaware and we've got a lot to cover today. We got a lot of things we're going to discuss about what's happening in the market. Are we on the beginning of a shift? Are things changing? And the usual Zillow News weekly update because they are the Google of real estate. So how's everything going today, Stacey? How are you feeling?
0: Good. Uh, a little crazy, crazy. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Um, but you know, it's like everybody in real estate these days.
1: Well, the people that are working, yes. And I think, you know, we <laughs> talked a lot about that uh, the last couple of weeks about what happens in August and especially this time of year where it's definitely been that more seasonal market that we're used to rather than post pandemic 2020 where, you know, we had our, our break in the uh, middle of the spring market thanks to the government in Pennsylvania. So, what we want to talk about today, it's actually interesting to bring that up because the first story we're going to talk about, and we're going to go over some case studies here as well, along with this, is Something that came out in Realtor Magazine where they talked about, uh, the the article dropped I think on the 16th, so about a week ago, and they said that sellers need to start rethinking their asking prices as listings are starting to linger on the market. Uh, The article goes on to say, according to Realtor.com's July housing data, that there's 45 of the city's 300 largest countries had an increasing number of home price cuts and Philadelphia was number five on the list with 22% of all the home listings or all the active inventory in the greater Philadelphia area saw a price cut or I look at it as a price adjustment mm-hmm. um, in the month of July. So what do you think about all this? What does this mean for the market, Stacy? Stacey?
0: Well, uh, it's interesting cause I have noticed that, um, I think that some of the sellers went out pretty aggressively with their pricing. Uh, it may have been, uh, not to the advice of their listing agent, but it just might have been, you know, them trying to capitalize on this, on this uh, amazing seller's market. Um, that being said, the market really is the one that, that dictates, you know, the home price values. Always. Yeah. So. You know, if if a house is sitting there, uh, if the feedback coming in after showings indicates that, you know, the home is overpriced, there has to be adjustments. So I I have taken advantage of this. Uh, I've looked for homes that have been listed on the market, you know, 12, 16 days. Mm -hmm. And first question is, what's wrong with the house? Um, First reply is it could be overpriced. Let's go take a look. And uh, typically that's what it is. So there's opportunity there. That's what I, that's what I think. It's buyer's opportunity. Uh, look for the homes that have been sitting on the market for a little longer.
1: Well, we've been saying this week after week. And, and even since, you know, the spring market and the beginning of the year, when things were pretty incredible, pretty amazing, how fast homes were selling, what they were getting. You bring up an interesting point is that the, the market sets the price. I mean, that, oh, that's what the houses always work. I don't care what an appraiser says. It's what someone is willing to pay. For a property and what, what they talk about here in the article, uh, Danielle Hale from who's uh, realorder.coms chief economist said that price cuts could be a signal or could signal, excuse me, a turning point in the market and they may also just be a sign of sellers getting ahead of buyers in pricing. And for all you sellers listening out there and all the buyers Typically, what happens, and I've been through a number of these shifts, is that the sellers are the last ones to realize the market's going the other way, yes. and they're the first ones to want to adjust their price pretty aggressively. And she goes on to say, there seems to be some markets where it's a local custom to price real estate that way. And when you look at these other cities, I don't, I don't see a common trend here. The first one's Des Moines, Iowa. Mm -hmm. second one's midland texas third one's toledo ohio and the fourth one is in louisiana i can't even pronounce it materi i don't even know and then it's portland oregon and anchorage so clearly philadelphia is easily the biggest metro market here yes and when you when you look at those things i I think that probably they're all and you look at the median price points on these they range anywhere from one hundred and seventeen thousand up to up to 550 so we're kind of right in the middle of that, where our price in in the city of Philadelphia, it's they're saying it's two eighty nine in July. Um, we know the average sale price around like that three sixty three seventy range. So, you know what w- what I know is that there's a couple things happening, and I'm, I'm, we're going to give you some examples here of what's actually going on in the market right now. And What's really happening is that, uh, in particular, we've seen inventory trend up a little bit. It's up to like a one point two month supply in in the in the uh, suburbs and a two point one, 2.2 month supply in the city, which is higher than it was about a month or two ago. Uh, we also saw that new listings have continued to outpace pending sales in Philadelphia, Montgomery County, Delaware County, and Chester County. This has been the, the, the third month in a row. This started happening in May. So it's been May, June, July, which is another sign the market might be on the very early signs of that shift. Here's what I wanted to share. And I'm not going to tell you the name of this agent, but he's uh, or, or she. And um, what this person told me is they put three homes on the market this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And literally within two or three days, the phone calls came in one after another after another from the seller saying, hey, where's the offers? Why aren't we getting more offers? So wow. there's also something with the seller mindset here. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it may be that, hey, well, the market's been hot. It's going to continue to be hot. I, I mean I'm I'm pretty clearly seeing that yeah the market's hot when a home's priced right mm-hmm. when it's not I mean these homes are still sitting on the market mm-hmm. are you are you seeing the same thing or what 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 are you seeing out there in the field?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, um, when the homes are priced accordingly, mm-hmm. they go they go quickly. Um, you know, in a, in a weekend, they'll be calling for all offers in Sunday night eight o'clock. Seller making a decision Monday morning you know mm-hmm. at eleven. So, it is about price. Um, if a home is overpriced, buyers are you know they're pretty savvy. Uh, they'll look I agree with that. And, you know, they take their time, and especially if it's, you know, the first weekends past. And I can look on the showing schedule and see how mm-hmm. how <laughs> how booked the showing schedule is to actually see the activity. A lot
1: of people don't realize you can do that as an agent. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, and so can you walk through how that works just for the especially for the consumers that are listening here because, in the past, you never found out anything. You have to like mm-hmm. guess by the amount of cards sitting on the table at the house. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore.
0: Right. So when you do, if a buyer wants to see a home, uh, then you we utilize this um, platform called Showing Time to schedule the showings. So it, it's, it's great because say a house comes on Friday, I can, you know, try to schedule the showing for Saturday or Sunday. You can actually see time blocks of, already confirmed showings or requested showings. So say, it, typically, um, you know, anytime last fall, early spring, there might have been a 15-minute slot somewhere on a Saturday or Sunday that you could squeak in. Mm-hmm. But now you're seeing whole afternoons open or, you know, mornings open. There's, there's many uh, times available for showings. So now... Consider this, it, you know, summertime, uh, many people decided to take vacations that they couldn't have done the past year. 100%. So some buyers are not actively engaging in the market at this point. So that could be part of the reason. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely been a little bit different in the past couple of months. I think of it as an opportunity. Uh, I like to take advantage of it, get the buyers out there if they're serious, and let's get under contract.
1: Well, that, that, that's a really important way to look at it. And what, what Stacy's doing here, and this is how we teach all our agents, and this is a really great opportunity to talk about our real estate scholarship program, because we have trained her to look for these things, to bring that kind of knowledge to the table. And if you want to have these kind of techniques available to you and learn these things in your business, and you're thinking about getting into real estate, check out realestatescholarshipprogram.com. But what Stacy's doing there is, is just making observations and bringing knowledge to the table for her clients. Because in a lot of cases, the agents just show up and open a door. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge here. So you're, you're looking at the technology, you're seeing what's available that there's these weekends open. Also very clear. I, I agree with you on the vacation thing. Mm-hmm. Um, school is starting, I think next week for some places. Yep, Our kids go back the following week. Once that happens, I mean, this is something I've seen every year, but last year that there was this little bit of a slowdown during that back to school, last minute vacation, Labor Day weekend sort of thing. So that's real, mm-hmm. and people couldn't go on vacation last year, right. or I and mean, they could, but some people chose not to. And that's that's you know that's like a whole other radio show for another time. So I, I do agree with you there that there's this August mindset, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. There's more to it though. It's not just vacations. When, mm-hmm. So I pulled some data here from the T uh, three. Home Demand Index that partners with Bright. Mm -hmm. Bright's our local MLS. So um, if you look at the Home Demand Index, and this is a statistics that's calculated by T3, which is a um, a, a large national company that charts trends in the marketplace. The Philadelphia metro area, the demand index fell nearly 18% in July. And that was the Mm -hmm. third consecutive decline since the peak in April. And you know, when, when you look at that and and then they have uh on the right-hand side here, they, they qualify their numbers here. So the index is listed as 115, which you probably don't even know what the heck that means. What T3 does is they classify this as anything above 130. It's that, that's a high demand. Moderate is 110 to 129. Steady is 90 to 109. Slow is 70 to 89. And then limited is below 70. So we've seen a big drop in the Philadelphia metro area. And when you look at, you know, you just look at that number, that's probably has something to do with it. Then if you want to go a little further, um, what we also did is we charted the showing time, weighted showing average through 822. So through just a couple of days ago. So nationally in 2019, through the same time of year, what they do is they take the showing activity on January 1st of each year. And then they, uh, show the delta or, or increase or decrease based on activity from that date. So on august twenty second 2019, showing activity was up 19 point nine percent from January 1st of 2019. The same date in 2020 it was up thirty point one percent. No surprise there, especially coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. this year it's at 10 point eight percent. So I look at the 2019 levels more than anything else you got to throw mm-hmm. out last year. yeah in Pennsylvania, the numbers are are trending similarly. So a thirteen point five percent increase in from Jan 1, 2019 to August twenty second twenty nineteen last year, same time frame, thirty four point three percent increase. Again, because the spring market was shut down. Now we're, we're now we're at twelve point five. So it's actually Pennsylvania the demand's held a little stronger, but nationally you're seeing the demand drop a little bit. Uh, so I mean there there is something to getting the price of your home right mm-hmm. because. We're not seeing that fever pitch demand anymore. We're starting to see that when active listings outpace pending sales, even though inventory is very low, and I don't don't want to minimize that, you're starting to see that there's a normalization of the market, Mm -hmm. meaning maybe prices are only going to go up like 6% over the next 12 months, not 10% or 12%. Mm -hmm. So what all this comes back to is, there's three pricing strategies for the market. So what should sellers be doing right now? I'll get into the pricing strategies or maybe let me outline them and then you can give your advice here, Stacy. So there's the price it above market and see what comes in, mm-hmm. price it at the market very fairly, or price it below market and try to get people to bid the price up.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: you're meeting with the seller,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're at their living room or dining room table or their kitchen table. What strategy are you recommending and why?
0: definitely i get i have to see where their heads are first <laughs> mm-hmm. i want to see where what what are you thinking where would you like to price this where do you think your home should be priced get their feedback see what they say and see you know how much i have to bring them to reality or uh, educate them about what's going on in the market today but personally for me i think you just i think it works out better for the seller if you price it at market i know if the seller is totally against it and they want to go high and real aggressive. Okay, fine. Let's try that and see what happens. We'll give it a week, get the feedback, and then just see what the market says. Hey, maybe you'll get that unicorn buyer, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That says, I want this house. I'm going to throw in this offer. Uh, But maybe not. And maybe based on the feedback, you'll do a price adjustment. But coming in at market, or I've seen the strategy where pricing a little bit low market to, you know, generate that interest, the competition, and you do get multiple offers Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it
0: can drive the price up, which makes the seller very happy. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I, and you know, there's pluses and minuses to both. I mean, what, what, what I know is this, that when you price your home at a number that's going to be out of the market and there's, there's always a stretch number. To me, if you're a seller, you've got to look at the segments of the market. And this is the mistake a lot of people make. So let's say the home's worth 500000 You think it's worth like right around five hundred. You price it either right at five or you almost want to go to like five and a quarter because you're in no man's land otherwise. And what people don't get a lot of times is the search engines and how they work that Right. you know, when, when buyers get pre-approved, they say, you know, I'm good up to 500. They don't say five, I'm good up to 513. <laughs> right. They say, I'm good up to 500 mm-hmm. or I want to spend up to 450. They, they, there's these natural segments in the market. And that's the difference between positioning versus valuation. Mm-hmm. So I would be very mindful of positioning and then looking at comparable sales in the area. See, and you right. can usually see the trends. If you have a good agent, they'll mm-hmm. tell you that, okay, well in this neighborhood, because all the homes are the same, a finished basement gets you to this baseline price. You don't have that. So you're going to be a little lower. Mm-hmm. So the, the pricing it way out of the market, that that never works. The homes Absolutely. that are on the market for weeks and months at a time, people wonder if something's wrong with it. Right. And the reality is that it's it's usually not priced appropriately. So that, that's number one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Pricing it at market does a couple things for you. It gets the serious buyers in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it positions you to where you're getting a lot of activity. You should be getting feedback. And ideally you get, one, maybe two really good offers. The challenge with pricing it under market, hoping, you know, intending that, Hey, I'm not going to sell it for this price. And this is where you said something really important. You got to see where the seller's head is at. Mm -hmm. I'm not clear you ever want to bring a number to the market that you're not willing to accept. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some people do that. And then what if the bidding war doesn't happen? Right. Right. Like what, what if, you know, all of a sudden the, the, the market changes because you, you don't know what's going to happen when you put a home on the market. I mean, there's been many times where I've listed homes and I, I thought there's no way they're going to get this price. Let's, we'll test it out. And then we got people bidding. Mm-hmm. There's others where you think the home's going to sell in 10 minutes and mm-hmm. it takes a bit longer. So it's, yeah. there, there's no telling. And especially in our kind of market because the homes are so different. You can go down a street and have a home that's built five years ago, one built in the 1940s and then a ranch home and the other two are two story colonials. And then you got some, <laughs> hundred year old guardhouse there. I mean, that, that's, that's the way the market is. So that, that's where it gets a little challenging. So if you're a seller and you want the, I hope it goes higher strategy. Mm -hmm. The best advice I have is don't bring a mark number to the market that you're not willing to accept. Because if the bidding war doesn't happen, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to be happy with the number and raising the price is not an effective strategy when you're not getting activity. So that, that doesn't work thing. either. <laughs> and I think that's that's the thing a lot of people need, need to be aware of in, in this kind of market. And what what I'll say here, and we talked about this with David Childers a, co- uh, a couple of weeks ago, we've been talking about this a lot, is it looks like we're on the front end of a shift, meaning prices aren't going to start going down. They're not going up 10, 11, 12 percent year over year. And that's what a lot of people need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And that's this is good news for buyers because and we're we'll going to know how buyers are not competing as much in the next segment. But this spells opportunity that you hit on, which we're going to cover next. So on that note, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here. We explained all the reasons why sellers need to rethink their asking prices. When we come back, we're going to talk about why less buyers are competing. You got a question for us. You got something you want us to cover. It's info at tooltimeradio.com. And we are streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Tom Tool Sales Group. We'll be right back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860
2: AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline.
3: When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com.
2: Buying a home or already own one, we can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610 816 0043, extension three, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool sales group at REMAX at 610-692-6976. Stand by. TomTool.com to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. Go for it. You can start talking
1: if you want. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell, and again, we both work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team since 2018 in Pennsylvania and in Delaware. So, if you got a question for the show, email us again. It's info at tooltimeradio.com. The live stream is on Facebook and on YouTube right now. Just search the Tom Tool Sales Group, and we're gonna pick up right where we left off, Stacy, because we talked about what sellers are seeing now and having to be more mindful of their asking prices. Mm -hmm. So that's one component of the market. The other side of this is buyers. Mm -hmm. And there was some uh, news that came out yesterday, not news, but data news too. uh, And this is on housing wire that there was a report published by the national association of realtors on Monday that said existing home sales grew by 2% in July from the month prior. But, And and this this is, I I hate these headlines. I got it. It says fewer first-time homebuyers are competing. Then they talk about this. And then the author says, but first-time homebuyers are still getting squeezed. But the reality is that the data they go on to quote here, it's like, make up your mind with this thing. The inventory of unsold homes rose by 7.3% from June to July in the entire country to 1.32 million homes. So the development here is after a year of, very tight housing inventory and the the inventory got much tighter this time last year than maybe even in May, June, July, at least in Pennsylvania, because of the, 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 the pent up demand, Mm -hmm. the housing market is starting to show signs of adding housing stock and inventory rose by 7.3% of homes that didn't sell. Um, you know, and now it's inventory still down. I'm not, we're not going to tell you it's up or it's at a great level. I mean, we were at about a four month supply before the pandemic. Now we're at a 1.2 month supply. So you can do the math there. Nationally, inventory's down 12% overall from, from this time in 2020. And so, I mean, what we're seeing is that there's the market starting to go the other way. So what I want to, uh, I'll give you this other quote from Lawrence Yoon, the chief economist at NAR. Then I want to hear what you think, Stacy. So Lawrence Yoon uh, said in a statement that as inventory is starting to tick up, the intensity of multiple offers is lessening, leading to a more balanced housing market for home buyers. Are you seeing this right now? Is this accurate? What, t- tell us more about that, Stacey.
0: Well, it really depends on the home itself. I have to say that. But uh, that being said, um, I'm finding that there's homes that don't have offers yet. So you might, if you if your buyer's interested, you might not be engaged in a multiple mm-hmm. offer situation. Um, although this weekend I lost out on a multiple offer situation. So it's still happening. Um it, it really depends also on the price point of the homes. I I totally believe that certain um price point segments are still much more busy mm-hmm. than than others. So that's a consideration there. Um, what also Yun had added was that much of the home sales growth is still occurring in the upper end market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're
1: seeing more transactions there for sure. Yeah.
0: And so there's still fewer starter homes available. And that's what I am finding. But again, there's opportunity, uh, look for the homes that for whatever reason they don't have offers or, um, you know, they've been on for about 14 days, you know, 12, 14 days.
1: This is where it's so important to have an agent that is well informed because, a seller's mistake in this market can be what gets a buyer a property at a fair price. I mean, how many times have you mm-hmm. seen a seller overpriced? Their, and we just talked about this, like overpriced their property, overshoot the market. And then all of a sudden, a buyer's willing to make an offer that's a fair offer. Mm-hmm. And they just they get the house and there's no competition. right? Knowing full well, meaning the realtor or you would know full well that if they would have priced it where the buyer got it for, they probably would have had some competition. They
0: totally would have had the competition for sure. This happens all the time. So, Mm -hmm. uh,
1: you know, that, that, that days on market statistic, we we keep talking about this because it's that critical. So if you're a buyer out there right now, I'd be monitoring that very closely. And Mm -hmm. if you got a home, you've been watching, Mm -hmm. it's been like a couple weeks and you haven't seen it pop up sold yet. That's the home where you might be able to write an offer. That's going to get accepted. That's not, Full price, non-contingent, cash, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about that before, where it's an offer that you can maybe negotiate a little bit, which hasn't been mm-hmm. that in vogue over the past 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this report as well, uh, Matthew Speakman, an economist at Zillow, um, he's saying that demand is firm and it's boosted in part by the gains in inventory that are giving buyers a better choice. So do you feel like buyers are, are, are having more choices now than they I mean, do they have two homes to pick from instead of yeah. one or... This has been a talking so. point for a long time. So you think so? So
0: tell us I more do. about that. I do. Just from personal experience, past couple of weeks, um, instead of just scheduling one or two showings for buyers because that was the only the inventory, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting five, six, seven homes that could potentially that hit their criteria, um, and we can get out and see them before it goes under contract. So I definitely am seeing uh, a little bit change there again, it, it really depends on the property itself. Um, but for the most part, yeah, there's, there's options and opportunity.
1: So we're seeing options, we're seeing opportunity. And you know, if, if you're a buyer and, and you're, you're thinking about waiting right now, here's some important advice from, from Lawrence Yoon where he says that, I mean, you just look at the median home price in July was 359, 900 in the country. That's up from $305,000 last year. That's a 17.8% increase. We're not seeing those gains here. To be very clear, we've mm-hmm. seen more of like a, like an eight to ten percent appreciation, depending on if you're in Montgomery, Chester, Delaware counties, or Philadelphia, and then the actual like neighborhoods, townships, municipalities there. So, but what he's saying is that home prices are very unlikely to drop in coming months, mm-hmm. um, and there, if anything, it's been more normal appreciation. So you look at you know kind of year over year what people are are, are predicting. And I'm going to go to, um, what, uh, a, a report that's on keeping current matters that will, uh, it shows home price projected appreciation over the next couple of years. we will pull that up while we're talking here, but I just don't, I, I don't see prices even leveling off. I mean, you're still going right. to see them go up. And, and the big thing you got to think about is what's going to happen with mortgage rates, right? If rates go up and prices go up a little bit, yeah. what does that do for you?
0: that means that buyers are going to pay more for the home or have to take less home for more men, more money. So what I tell buyers is you, you definitely don't want to wait because I hear buyers say, well, I'm going to wait until the prices drop. And again, to your point, the prices aren't going to drop. The market's going to level off, but you're not going to see, you know, a, dr- a dramatic, like prices across the board, just mm-hmm. tumbling down. That's definitely not going to happen. They're still going to increase, still going to ri- rise. But, again, if you have interest rates that decide to tick up a little bit, Mm -hmm. that, that could be the difference if somebody qualifies for a mortgage or not. So where a home buyer could get into a home now and they want to wait because they want to wait till the market levels out into early next year, they could totally be out of the market if uh, the interest rates elevate.
1: Well, and, and that, that's where affordability is an issue. And if you look Mm -hmm. at what, uh, keeping current matters that uh, came out with some information and that they're there again, they're a new service for real estate that if you look at uh price growth um, from what, what they're the expected rate of appreciation through 2025, and this is a national number they're expecting between eight and 9% this year, 5.12% in 2022, 3.7 in 2023, 3.5 in 2024 and 3.33 in 2025. That's more than normal appreciation that you typically see. Mm-hmm. So, for e- even waiting six months can cost you a lot of money here. And that's what a lot right. of folks don't get. So because we're seeing something start to come on the market and what I'll tell anyone that maybe got shut out this year or had trouble finding a home, mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunity this time of year, because how many people are are you speaking to now that are already talking about the spring of 2022, they just bypassed the entire next six months.
0: Yeah. Um, again, I, try to tell them not to do that um, well I, I
1: know you I know you don't yeah. <laughs> I, I I know you don't but how <laughs> right. many people are that yeah. that's their disposition that's, that's what is, they're hearing that,
0: yeah exactly that's what they're hearing they're just gonna wait it out and, into spring of uh 2022 and just see what happens with fingers crossed I guess
1: well and, and here's the thing that folks don't get so if you're like a first-time buyer and you know what what Lawrence June talks about too is that The elevated cost of housing is also causing rental prices to go up. So now it's costing you more to go pay someone else's mortgage, pay their taxes, pay their insurance. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you have to be mindful of what the costs are going to be and actually have a financial plan, which a lot of people don't get. Mm -hmm. Then the next step there, if you want to wait, is what kind of appreciation or equity gain could I be losing over that time? Because that goes to your net worth. That goes to wealth building. And a lot of folks don't get the math. They just say, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to wait for the market to get better. And they don't really have any real data around it. And that's always the thing that that concerns me is that it's not a database decision. It's a gut feel or an emotional decision. And this is very emotional buying a home. Yes. Ultimately it is a business decision for people and it's a major financial transaction. Um, so to give some perspective here, the first-time home buyers they accounted for thirty sales in July, which was down from 30, It's down one percent from June. It was thirty-one percent in June and thirty-four percent year over year. So right. to your point, there are less entry-level homes coming onto the market, right. and you know, and and because they're you know, there's also the competition of cash buyers and investors mm. and all these iBuyers buyers coming in.
0: Right.
1: So you know, wh- what's the outlook here for buyers? Like, what should buyers be thinking right now, knowing that? They're competing less. Mm -hmm. We're seeing inventory rise a little bit. What should they be doing if they plan to make a move in the next 6, 12, 18 months?
0: So for buyers that are considering, definitely get your financial house in shape. Meaning, speak to a lender. Speak to a couple lenders. See where you you fall as far as how much money you're going to need to put down on a home. What is the price point of the home that you should be looking for? Your closing costs, understand that. Start interviewing agents. You know, you have to be comfortable with the person that you're going to be working with because this is a big financial undertaking Mm -hmm. and uh, you want to be able to trust that person and you want somebody to have a lot of knowledge and experience. So definitely interview agents, definitely interview um, lenders, get your financial house in order and start looking at the market. Start. Uh, You know, looking at houses, driving by neighborhoods, get a sense of where you want to be, exactly what type of home you're looking for. And then when you're ready, you have to get out and get into homes and actually, you know, look inside. Um, So, but you should have all those things lined up and in place and ready to go before you even step foot into your first home. Um, Because one thing you don't want to do is miss out on an opportunity If you start looking at homes before you have anything in place, you might find the home that you absolutely love and you want to put an offer in, but guess what? You're not going to have anything. You you don't even know if you can afford the house. You don't even know. You haven't talked to a lender. You don't have your pre-approval. So make sure that you do your homework. Get those things out of the way. I hear a lot of buyers say uh, you know, they don't want to get a pre-approval because it puts a ding on their credit report, Um, but talk to, talk to the lenders. They're going to, they're going to go through all your finances. Um, they're going to give you the correct information and uh, position you and get you in the best position so that you're ready to make a move.
1: Well, you, you bring up a good point here that, you know, you, the, step one with any market, when you're making this kind of financial decision, understand what's actually going on. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the challenge that, that happens in real estate all the time is someone has a friend yeah. that told them what happened right or, their dad's getting involved and the the dad's bought in two homes his entire life. And he comes in and just wants to blow up the deal. And you're laughing because this is (laughs) all real. (laughs) And and so what what I, what I challenge everyone to do that's listening is that, you know, take the advice of people, but also find someone that you trust that can give you the real information. Not a lot of agents even understand the economy, let alone know how to communicate that to their clients. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Not a lot of agents understand why, Demand is the way it is. They right. typically think, oh, it's low rates, low inventory. Mm-hmm. That's not the answer. It's millennial home buyers coming to the market, and they're the biggest generation we've seen, bigger than the baby boomers. And that's right. something no one is talking about right now, but that's where all the buyers are coming from. And these people decided mm-hmm. not to buy homes. So when you look at what's actually happening, you know, as an agent, find out what they're hearing and then give them the real information. And if you got someone in your ear, you know, call a professional. The Same way you call a lawyer when you got some legal problems, you call an accountant when the IRS is calling you. This is the reason to reach out to, to a, you know, to an agent, because if you don't do that, then you might make a bad financial decision. Mm -hmm. So how, how long do you see, like, what, what do you see the outlook here? I mean, I, I would, I, my, my observations are that, the next few months, I think there's going to be some opportunities for some buyers. And this is not the time for them to give up, especially if they've lost out on something. They have to be strategic, like you said, look at time on market, look at what's happening with properties, mm-hmm. and then maybe take it one step further and you know be ready to jump in and make an offer. I mean, what's the worst mm-hmm. thing that happens when you write an offer? Do you, do you get resistance from people wanting to write offers right now? Tell, tell me more about that, because I, given all the rhetoric out there, mm-hmm that that's been a big problem over the past 12 months.
0: Yeah, some people get a little nervous and you know, they they question, oh, I don't know if we should put an offer in. And you do have to ask them. Ask them, what's what is the worst possible thing that can happen? Your well, your offer doesn't get accepted. No harm, no foul, right? Then you're back to the drawing board. If it does get accepted, if if it does get accepted, there's there's options. You if you elected the inspections go through, have the inspections. Mm-hmm. That gives you another chance through the home and another set of eyes on it. And then you still can make a choice at that point. Uh, you can terminate the contract. So you have to, if you want to buy a house, you have to try it. <laughs> you know, you have yeah. to put the offer in. You have to. I think after the first initial going through the process of the, all the paperwork um, and actually submitting the offer and waiting to hear back, I think after that initial process, um, if buyers have lost out, they're they're way more into it. They're like, okay, we'll Mm. try again. I don't typically see most buyers backing out unless they really got beat up, you know, four or five offers and then they might take a step back. But for the most part, um, the ones that have real motivation keep trying and then they're more receptive to, okay, yeah, let's put an offer in. Yeah. And then that's when you have the success. That's when you get them under contract.
1: Well, and, and, you know, what, what she's talking about there is actually going through the process and, and, and not, not being afraid because and when you're afraid of, of making an offer, I mean, there's really three questions you want to ask yourself. What's the worst thing that happens right. when I make the offer? What's the best thing that happens? And what's the likely outcome? And that will take a lot of the emotion out of it because we know this is an emotional purchase and a lot of mm-hmm. people get freaked out. And and when you lose out on all these offers like folks have been earlier and now we're seeing the market go the other way, uh, you know, that this is the time when buyers need to get back in because the people that always yeah. win are the ones that get in at the very beginning when you see the market going the other way. It's not the ones that wait mm-hmm. or uh, look at a lot of the sellers right now. I mean, how long we've we been saying, don't wait to put your home on the market. Rates are going to be going up affordability. And, you know, it, they've danced around a little bit. But now we're seeing inventory creep up a little bit and all of a sudden, those people that could have sold maybe in March, April, May, right. the market's not quite is still an incredible market, not quite as incredible as it was a couple months ago. And that that's the thing is that when you see the market start shifting, and we gave you the stats, we we you know we've seen demand drop a little bit from that T uh, three home uh, home buyer demand index. This is the opportunity buyers have been waiting for. Mm-hmm. So you know, get on the phone, find an agent you can trust that you feel good about, and you know, whoever it is that can explain the process, that can navigate the market for you and follow their lead. I mean, that, that's why you hire a pro in the first place. So to me, this is what everyone's been talking about, even though the you know we, we look at, um, you know, supply, everyone talks about how low the inventory is. It's at like a 1.2 month supply in the suburbs and 2.2, 2.3 in the city. But here's the thing no one's talking about. The number of sales this year are up from last year. So there's more homes that have sold, even though it's competitive, even though we're seeing that, you know, and I'll give you some real numbers here in a, in a second while I pull them up, even though the market's been competitive, even though there's all these multiple offers that are coming out, you look at what happened in Chester County so far this year, the number of closed sales um, and from, uh, you know, in July versus July of last year, they're up 13.4% mm. year to date. We've seen forty five hundred forty eight homes closed. That's up thirty three percent from last year. Oh my year. gosh! Wow. Thirty three point six, to be specific. So that tells me there's more opportunities. You just got to be ready to jump in right. and, and make an offer. Right. We can look at the same thing for for Delaware County, and I'll give you all these numbers here, and then we can kind of kind of break and get to our I guess, I guess the Zillow segment of the week. That's all we <laughs> you know. That's that's all there is. Delaware County, same thing. Sales are up thirty six point seven percent from last year massive increase. Montgomery County, we're seeing not quite as big of an increase and still a a significant one where we're looking at year over year, the number of homes that sold, they're up 28.3%. So, I mean, we're we're seeing more than, you know, almost, you know, all in the 30% range. And in Philadelphia, we're seeing again, an increase in number of sales where, you know, even though inventory is lower than it was last year, people don't have as many options Sales are up 46%. Wow. 46.6% in Philadelphia. That's so, huge. So what we're seeing, even though everyone's complaining about inventory, mm-hmm. the options are there. Right. They just, they're not looking at the right numbers because mm-hmm. there's more buyers coming to the market. Right. So if I'm a buyer right now and I see, well, there was 46% more homes that sold this year, maybe I got to get punched in the gut once or twice and mm-hmm. lose out on an offer. Mm-hmm. There's still more opportunities. Totally. It just, they may not be all at the same time. And that's what buyers are used to.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: So that's probably a good place to break. Well, we you know, we, we kind of laid it all out there for you. So we've got sellers covered. we got buyers covered. What we're going to talk about next is Zillow. Bring on some significant staff members. So we'll talk about what this means for consumers, agents, next on
3: Tool Time Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. have
2: you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliance's Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610 816 0043, extension three, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking 10 seconds standby? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX at 610 692 6976, or visit our website, Tom coming back to connect and take advantage of these market conditions.
1: All right. Welcome back to tool time, real estate radio on WWDB 860 AM. This is our producer Brett's favorite song, by the way, he told me that a couple (laughs) of weeks ago. Um, so I wanted everyone just to be aware of that. Um, so, uh, and again, we. Uh, Stace, I'm, I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell, and we work with the number one real estate team with Remax in Pennsylvania and Delaware, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line. So, news coming out this week, and th- this went pretty under the radar. I don't know a lot of people that were aware of this, uh, and it's it's important to note that. So on on the Ladders uh, reported this. That's a that's a hiring site that Zillow. So the Google of real estate. Our weekly Zillow segment. They are hiring. Two thousand new employees with salaries as high as three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year—that's um, a big number. Huge. I mean, that's four x almost the average median in, or the median, not average income in the Greater Philadelphia area, which is right around eighty-seven thousand dollars. So it's almost four x that. I mean, roughly uh, without so big salary. Now the range on that is not the same. That that's kind of the high end. They're talking about anywhere from one hundred and thirteen to up to that 325 mark and what the article reports here is that they're hiring software development engineers in Georgia, software development engineers in California uh, around search functions, software development engineering in Washington state around big Big data, data. which I know Rich Barton loves, (laughs) senior software engineer in California, senior applications analyst, in Washington state senior software development engineer in Washington state senior product manager in tech in New York city. So there's a lot of hiring going on here. Um, they have more than 250 remote job positions available on their website. So what do you think about all this Stacey? I mean, I've got, I've got my, my opinion, I've got some news I'll share, but what do you think about this just at first blush?
0: Uh, it just made me very curious, especially coming off of our conversation of last week, um, especially since Zillow has acquired showing time, and we talked about the lawmakers um urging an investigation into that uh, and then this comes out that Zillow's hiring two thousand workers um, it's all in the i t they're gonna beef up their um, all their platforms. I just think that they're they're getting ready. They're getting ready to shake up the market with the iBuy their iBuyer segment, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what I really I think they're gearing up, and it's gonna probably happen sooner than later.
1: So that that, that's a really great observation. And but before I get into my my opinion on it, the other piece of news you want you want to be aware of is on August fifth, there was um, some some news that came out. Again, this was reported by Housing Wire that Zilla uh, it was Zillow's earning report, and they earned a profit, but according to housing wire, no thanks to the iBuying buying department. So um, that they went on to say in this report, new quarter, same story for Zillow. They're making their money through agents advertising on their website, which they're phasing out by the yeah. way. And it right now it loses money buying homes for cash and then reselling them. So I, I find this pretty, pretty interesting because you know, my view might be a little, little different than this. Uh, and, to give some perspective on this report, you know, when you look at, um, they they posted fifty two million dollars in net income for the first quarter, one point two billion in revenue in the first quarter, and Zillow sold two thousand eighty six homes through Zillow offers in the second quarter, and the Instant Home Buying Program netted uh, one uh, just under that about nineteen hundred seventy five sales, so about the same number in the first quarter. So they sold about four thousand homes this year through the iBuying side. And, you know, this time last year, Zillow posted an $84 million net loss in the second quarter of 2020 and 768 million in revenue back then. So they're a profitable company now, they're in the black. So that, that's great for any company. And you know, what, 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 so they're, they're starting to make money here, but they're, it looks like they're in transition because mm-hmm. we know they're phasing out their agent advertising and they've gone to the referral based model, which is a lot different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do agree with you on the iBuying buying side. So what a lot of people probably don't know is I've got some intel from a um an iBuyer buyer sale by Zillow in Texas. Um where they got a Zillow offer uh and and the seller's home they they interviewed agents. The agents told them one price. Zillow came in and offered $40,000 more than the agent said they could get. And this agent could have been someone that doesn't know what they're doing, right. not well-informed. We're hearing this more and more that they're coming in and they're trying to build brand awareness. And they're basically just buying brand awareness, which is which is what they're mm-hmm. doing. So you know, my, my view of this is that they're obviously gearing up to really build that arm. Mm-hmm. Because if they're not going to, I mean, you, you bring on all these people that invest in tech and search and big data. Well, what Zillow probably wants to do is be able to determine who's going to sell their home, right. then approach them, and then allow them to use their search function on their website. So my view here is that they are they are not pivoting at all, but instead they are becoming one of these large tech companies that are really aggressively altering the marketplace. They're buying brand awareness, and they're bringing on all this talent. I mean, they're they're paying pretty handsomely mm-hmm. for remote work, by the way. And I mean, I, I just I, I I see them getting ready to continue the path they've gone down mm-hmm. to make their stock price go up. And to continue to build this iBuyer program because all the pain points in the transaction are really getting the sellers right now and buyers. I mean, these issues that come up versus a clean cash offer that gets funded right away and there's no nonsense, that's appealing to a lot of consumers right now.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah, there's some sellers that are in a situation that if if somebody's willing to do that at a quick close, yep, they're going to take it. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent, 110%. I think that's what Zillow, uh, is positioning themselves, um, to definitely expand on that area.
1: Well, and what Rich Barton said in the earnings report, and this to me is, is pretty important, um, that despite the losses in the iBuying program, he's pleased with the progress and, that's been his, you know, Zillow offers has been the signature change to the company since he uh, came back into the CEO role in 2019, re- replacing Spencer Raskoff. And he noted that the company has been able to ramp up capital to purchase homes and the employees. So ramping up employees to do the deals. And now they're bringing on all these other people. So it's in line with the earnings report and the interview a couple weeks prior. And the next step, according to Barton, was to raise consumer awareness which sounds like what they're doing with this sale in Texas. Mm-hmm. And he's repeatedly said that once more consumers know about iBuying, mm-hmm. they will choose it over the traditional home sale process. Mm. My view is a little different on that, that there's going to be some... Now, if, if they could pay 40 k over market, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, that's going to happen. Part of that has to do with the market right now. And right now, you can probably get away with some of this stuff what I know is that there's going to be some people that don't want the iBuyer offer and want to take it to the market to make sure they're getting the, the, the highest amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it depends, you know, the market's going to really dictate what happens here. And I, I think that's going to right now, iBuying is pretty, pretty exciting because people are getting great prices. What happens when appreciation's only two, 3% and they start posting losses on all these sales, right? You know, that That's where it, it, uh, it, it, it get, gets pretty interesting, mm-hmm. and let's not forget they are hiring in-house real estate agents. I mean, that's you know, are these, are these the people that are going to handle these sales? Are you getting connected with someone on the phone that's a Zillow agent doing this deal just so they can take the listing and and then refer them to their lending arm and all, all the other ancillary businesses that a lot of brokerages have relied on for a long time. So I think there's there's a couple things here, and then obviously there's the showing time component as well. But it looks like they are absolutely ramping up to be that. We'll buy the home. We'll take it. We'll resell it, right. and then we're going to try to get the mortgage for the buyer. And we're going to let them schedule the showing directly with us through showing time. That's probably what's happening here.
0: That's what I think. Yep, they they got it all in place, <laughs> and they have the plan. Don't they have Dot Loop? They
1: have Dot Loop. So, yeah, so they got all the contracts. They
0: have all the contracts. So they have. They've been. It's it's kind of like a shell game. You know, they're getting all their shells in order to create the the entire you know, the entire system. Um, so, and I agree with you about the home in Texas. I'm sure that that's a part of, you know, they're going to take losses because it's a part of ba- brand building um, because that's going to spread like wildfire. They're going to, people are going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, I got this offer. It's 40000 over what the agents were saying, you know, through Zillow iBuyer program. And, and that's going to spread out and other people are going to utilize it until there has to be a shift because they're not going to be able to sustain losses. Mm-hmm. So it, it is going to shift. It's p- probably part of their, uh, business building strategy there.
1: Well, and, and, you know, knowing what Rich Barton knows, I mean, there was a pod, he was just on the, uh, how I built this podcast with Guy Raz and basically he said, I was really frustrated with the travel agent experience. I wanted to jump through the phone and just do it myself. Mm-hmm. He said the same thing about buying a house. And, you know, this is where agents, I mean, you, you can't just get away with being that door opener. I mean, this, you know, right. this and everyone complains about Zillow. I mean, Zillow is going to do what they're going to do. The agent that provides value is the one that's going to survive. And and Absolutely. that's where they need to understand the process, know the market. And I'm clear that from iBuying, we're a little more protected here than some of these other markets. Because right now they're doing this in like Texas and California and Florida and Arizona, where there's a lot of planned communities where there's six different models and, you know, this one had the bump out in the kitchen, and this one's got the extra large family room. Right, Houses aren't like that here.
0: Right. They're so different. I mean, from, like you said, from in one block, you could have, you know, 12 different style homes. Uh, it's just the way our market is. So it's going to be a little tough in, in that sense. But I also think that people do, it is about relationships, and it's about trust. And as a matter of fact, I was told that today um, from... Ooh. Exactly. I didn't know this. I I was told that today from a seller that I've been nurturing and trying to help him get his home listed. And he did his homework. Trust me on this. Um, He did his due diligence. He said that, you know, what we offer, no one else out there could um, as far as, um, you know, the the in-house photography and Mm -hmm. just our support staff. And um, he also said it's about trust and I trust you and it's about relationships. So over this course of time, I build a relationship with him and he trusts me and that's why I'm gonna get the listing So I I, I wholeheartedly believe that that is going that's still forever going to be um, you know a, a factor in, in when people choose their listing agent but there's going to be opportunity for folks that have to sell quickly or for whatever reason there's different reasons why, people sell and buy at different times. Um, So, you know, Zillow, there's going to be a space in the market for that.
1: And I mean, how many homes are they really going to sell? And this is the thing I think everyone, like, I mean, if they got, if they got 20% market share, Mm -hmm. right. Well, that's, that's a high market share. That's still 80% left for the rest of people uh, of of agents to work with. Mm -hmm. And you know what, what I, what I found pretty interesting here and we got what, like two, three minutes. So the Motley Fool, which is a huge investing blog, you know, and, and they came out back in, in June You don't have any of this information, Stacey, so stop looking through your stuff. Um, They came out in June and said that Offers is going to be the future of Zillow. And the first place when trying to figure out where Zillow is going is their management. And they've laid out this strategy um, in housing pretty clearly. And their vision is beyond the end of the decade, but they're looking at how it's going to be easier for people to sell and buy homes. And that's going to be one component of the market. For every person that uses LegalZoom, there's, person that, yeah. there's people that want to go right. to an attorney to get right. their estate done yes, or to come up with an LLC agreement because mm-hmm. these blanket documents don't cover everything. Correct. Redfin's already tried this with, hey, we're going to give you 80 questions. I forget how many questions it is, but they I'll give you 80 questions and you don't need to talk to an agent. You can make an offer on one of our listings. Mm-hmm. But you don't get the perspective of, do I need a stucco inspection? Right. What do I look for for the septic? Is this in a flood zone? All these intricate details that are a case-by-case basis for homes Correct. for every... You know, WebMD appointment, you know, there's people that want to go to the doctor. <laughs> right. So, I, you know, th- there, there's going to be a place for this. And the agent that innovates and makes it easy and understands how to take the stress out of this process, they're the ones that are going to survive 10, 15, 20 years from now. Because even as, you know, th- there's still travel agents that are in business, by the way. Yes, I mean, that the, the, the do these things and book these things. That's a little bit of a different thing because, I mean, people didn't know where hotels were and all this other stuff, but you didn't have to go on the ground. So, while barton had success with expedia i don't know I, i'm clear he can make a dent in the housing market mainly because a lot of the agents are just lazy i mean i'll be the yeah. first one that i mean these people they think they open the door you know they they, they post a couple of social media posts that say they're top producer in the title and they sold a bunch of homes and they don't prep before the appointments they don't know the market they don't do all the things that we've talked about so much on this show and so much at our at, you know internally at our team meetings that that's where Zillow is going to take market share from people like you that are coming in so overly prepared for this and know how to build trust. Mm-hmm. It's no different than LegalZoom versus an attorney, WebMD, um, with, uh, TurboTax versus an accountant. I mean, there, yeah. there's people that want to have someone knowing the details and not just plugging in some information and hoping it's going to it's going to go well. And that's where th- things are going to differ here. So I I I, mm-hmm. I I am clear they're gearing up but I don't think it's going to totally eliminate the real estate agent.
0: I agree. 100%.
1: All right. So the time has come. The show's over this week. Again, I'm Tom tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. If you want to follow Stacy, go to Instagram. It's at the number two Mitchco, M I T C H C O. Follow me at Tom tool. Three R D at Tom tool. Third Google us Tom tool sales group. You can follow the live stream on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Put a lot of content out there. And if you want to email the show, it's info at tooltimeradio.com. Nick, thanks for doing another great job with the stream. Brett, we'll keep playing your song for you. (laughs) Catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.